good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, December 24th, 2022. And our top story today with last minute passage, Secure 2.0 is on the way. Today's show is powered by the Spark Institute. To learn more about the Spark Institute, its members, and its mission to protect Americans' retirement, visit sparkinstitute.org. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Tim Rouse is with the Spark Institute and Chris Gaston is with the law firm Davis and Harmon. Well, Tim, Chris, it's great to see you again. Thanks so much for making time for us this morning on the Broadcast Retirement Network. Sure. Happy to be here. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Thanks yeah. And I feel like it was only just yesterday, maybe it was like over a week ago that we talked about the passage of Secure Chris and you felt good, you know, and I think you got that tingling feeling in your, in your, in your, in your uh, hands and your legs. And that's a good thing. And I know we're going to talk to Tim in a minute, but as of this morning, and so we're talking just for the audience, full disclosure here, it's about 10 a.m. Eastern time on Friday morning. The Senate has already passed their version of the package. But Chris, why don't you give us the latest? Sure. Well, Jeff, thank you. And it's great to be with you and um, uh, everyone this morning. Um, as you said, you know, the House is going to pass this bill. It's going to be signed into law in 2022. And that's an amazing accomplishment. Um, you know, we might talk a little bit later on this morning about automatic features as a part of Secure Act 2.0. But nothing about passage of a law is automatic. It takes hard work over many years, many long uh, weeks of meetings and, and late nights to get something like this across the finish line and to do it within the last kind of two years kind of following the enactment of Secure 1.0. The, the great news is, I think we talked last time, is the, the, the sequel is better than the, the, the prequel. Uh, this is an amazing package of kind of almost 100 provisions, you know, uh, and they range from everything from helping individuals to employers um, to the children of current employees. Um, it's really great. Uh, you know, my dad is saying, you know, plan, focus, execute, right? And and the, the Hill staff are the ones who did this. They planned how to put this package together. They focused on what ingredients should be in and how to dial the package so that it meets everyone's needs. And then they executed. And today, this weekend, 2022 is a really exciting year for retirement savings with the enactment of Secure Act 2.0. Um, you know, there's the, you know, 12 days of Christmas, there's, you know, a series of days of Hanukkah. And, you know, I think now we've got the 92 days of Secure. There's a, a provision in it for everyone. And I know we're going to be talking about it a lot for, for 2023. Yeah, Chris, I wonder, uh, Tim, I'll come to you in a second, just making a little comment. I wonder if anyone's ever taken a bill like this and allocated all the hours, to your point, that it takes. I mean, there are meetings that many people have, and I wonder if anyone, I'm sure people, someone has done that, but there are a lot of people that have contributed to this. Tim, um, Spark, the Spark Institute is probably the most well-respected industry association representing very important members in the retirement industry and really the at the forefront of protecting America's retirement system. I have to think that the membership is ecstatic. I know, I know you were ecstatic before, but how are you feeling? How are members feeling? Is there, are there any provisions that really make you want to jump up and say, I'm so excited? Well, uh, there are, Jeff, and I, I do have to give um, uh, Chris kudos. Uh, when you talk about all the long hours, um, you know, Chris was part of all of that and uh, really uh, um, took our message to the folks on the Hill and, um, and the respect that they have for him and the respect that they have for, for the organization. Uh, we're thrilled to see this bill pass uh, because it has a lot of the priorities that Spark has set out. Um, 
Now, having said that, you know, Chris mentions that there's, you know, 92 provisions that we need to now analyze and go into further detail on to better understand. But overall, this bill addresses many of uh, Sparks' legislative goals. Um, yeah. You know, first of all, you know, preserves and expands the retirement incentives for millions of American workers. Um, but second, it, it, it helps our members a, a better address uh, like financial wellness uh, of their clients with provisions for student loan repayments and emergency savings. Um, some of the earlier versions of the bill contain language uh, that, that stepped back a little bit from e-delivery gains uh, that we had achieved uh, in recent years. But the good news in this final bill is that, um, and I, I credit uh, Chris a lot for this, is the, the language uh, on paper statements is, is something I think that our members ultimately will be able to live with uh, and plan sponsors can work with. Um, it also allows for simplification, um, and that is another top priority for Spark. Uh, on that front, we were delighted to see language that expanded the ability of CITs and 403Bs. We still have a lot of work to do uh, on um, the uh, security side of the legislation, and that, that will soon become a, a major focus for us to kind of complete that process. But that's another area that um, that. that we, we were thrilled to see as a major, major piece of this legislation. Well, it's nice to see smiles on both of your faces. Well, you guys are always happy when I talk to you. Uh, Chris, I want to come to you. And I know as of right now, you know, the president hasn't signed the bill in the law. And we still have to go back to the House of Representatives. But I want to ask you, just generally speaking, without putting you on the spot, because there's always a timing when around TV. Um, let's talk about some of these effective dates and what yeah. has to happen next. So. The, the Congress has to do its job, reconcile this bill. Let me ask you, you tell me, because I don't want to, I don't need a civics lesson. Maybe I do need a civics lesson. So you, you tell us what we need, what we need. To no, I, I mean, I think the key thing, Jeff, is the bill is going to be passed this year and it's going to be signed into law this year. The, you know, the actual date that the president takes out his pen, you know, changes the parameters of when some provisions are effective because they'll be effective on the date of enactment, the day he puts his pen to paper. Most provisions are effective <laughs> Um, you know, a year out or even a couple of years out, the paper benefit statement provision that Tim mentioned is actually effective in kind of uh, January 1 of 2026. The Matt Savers match, kind of helping low-income folks save more for retirement is going to be effective in 2027. Um, I think from a, a plan sponsor perspective, from a record-keeping perspective, from a participant perspective, the most important thing to focus right now is on January 1, 2023, the RMD age will go up to age 73. Uh, that's a little bit sooner than I think we expected, and we've got to kind of change the cadence of some of our communications, do some recommunications. Treasury and IRS are going to give us some guidance because some of us have already communicated that. But that's a great thing for retirement savers. We'll get folks, um, we'll get an extra year if they haven't yet turned 73. Um, and then ultimately, actually, in the 10 years, it'll go up to 75. I think the other key effective date that we're focused on is, you know, people as they get um, towards the end of their career want to make some catch up contributions. And the bill changes the status of those catch up contributions generally for age-based catch-up contributions must be made on a Roth basis, unless your income in the previous year was under a floor of $145,000, you would be exempt and you could make that election, but you don't have to. So what that means is, you know, there are a lot of plans that don't have Roth features right now, and they get a choice in January 1 of 2024. Their employees could stop making catch-up contributions. I'm not going to make that. <laughs> I'm not going to have that contribution conversation with their employees, or they need to have a Roth feature in place. So that's you know that's the plumbing and the architecture that folks are going to have to focus on this year. 
There are a lot of other provisions that come effective over time. And I think the one thing, and again, credit to, you know, the Hill champions who got this across the finish line because they did the work. We cheered them on and, and supported them, but they did the work over the past few years. Um, they were really responsive to the concerns that we raised in the first SECURE Act with, with really tight, effective dates that we weren't really prepared for. We were glad it became law, but it took a lot of work over people's holidays um, and the months they're following to get ready. This bill really kind of does generally respect the, the right that we've shared with them, that it takes time to put this stuff in place. So even optional plan features, things that we want to offer, things that participants want, they give us a little bit more time than just next year because we're not ready to implement them this you know on January 1. Yeah, really good point. Well, gentlemen, I need to take a very quick break. Got to pay the bills here. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the questions. I'm sure what we just talked about raised some questions with our audience. We come back, we'll talk about some of the questions members of Spark are raising. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN Weekly. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and called Credit Repair for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Nothing is known 100%. So my strategy does not change based off 
what other people expect. My strategy is based off of what I expect. And what I expect is to retire when I'm around 60 years old. And so I make my investments today based off what my future goal is, which is, you know, to retire in you know, 30 or 40 years. That's, that's my goal. Welcome back. A reminder that today's show is powered by the Spark Institute. To learn more about the Spark Institute, its members, and its mission to protect America's retirement system, visit sparkinstitute.org. And I'm very pleased to welcome back Chris Gaston of the law firm Davis and Harmon and Tim Rouse of the Spark Institute. Well, Tim, Chris, thanks so much for staying with us this morning on this, I would say, momentous occasion. Really great to have you stick around for segment number two. Yeah, thanks. Good to be with you, Jeff. Uh, Tim, let's, uh, I would imagine that even though there's a lot of cheering going on uh, with Spark members, that there have to be some questions that are being raised. And, and I think Chris alluded to the fact that, you know, we need the regulatory guidance around some of these provisions. But if you wouldn't mind, let's talk, let's start with different groups. Let's talk about record keepers. I was a reform, I'm a reform record keeper. Record keepers have to have all that plumbing Chris talked about. Uh, but what types of questions are you starting to get from this group within your membership? Well, you're absolutely right, Jeff. Um, uh, we've only begun to, to start to sort through all of the finer details of this bill. And like any major piece of legislation, the devil's in those details. Uh, the industry probably won't have a good handle uh, on what's in this bill and all of the ramifications and probably until mid to late January. Um, however, I, I can point out a few issues that members have already spotted in their first reviews of the bill. Uh, like one issue that uh, will probably need a technical adjustment involves uh, uh, required minimum distributions uh, for any person born in 1959. Um, you know, the bill contains a, some contradictory language that will need to be fixed uh, before, you know, but, but we've got time to fix it before this issue actually pops up. Uh, I mentioned the work that uh, we will uh, need to pursue on changes to the investment company acts to to fully allow CITs within 403B plans. Um, uh, and the final emergency savings language is very different from earlier language uh, and will require us to think through how this uh, this gets implemented. Uh, but like I said, all all legislation uh, will will need a lot of regulatory guidance to fill in the gaps. One of the things that um, we're now considering is is probably doing an industry workshop, um, uh, and we're probably in the early stages of planning something like that out to uh, to get a lot of answers and to uh, to help to have dialogue on some of these require questions that we would then pose to regulators. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's these are not just like writing a bill. These are the things that are going to take time. That how as an industry. Um, are, are, are these things going to be handled because you want to have parity from provider to provider? Chris, uh, I'm sure the record keepers um, are hearing from their employer clients and have heard from their employer clients, you know, what's the latest, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're probably asking questions. Any <laughs> That was my imitation. I don't, I don't think that the employers are actually or the employers are speaking like that. But any thoughts about some of the questions that they're raising, um, maybe some of the around effective dates or do, do I have to do X, Y and Z? Right. No, I, I think, Jeff, those are the questions that are going to 
be over the holiday tables with with uh, <laughs> with their coworkers. Maybe when do I need to do things and what do I need to do? And I, you know, I think again, I'll focus on those two key ones. Really, kind of RMD age goes to seventy three next year. So you know, in in less than you know a few days, that's a great thing for that saver. Um, but it's going to take some extra communication and you know making generally all age based catch up contributions raw. Also going to take some plumbing work. But I think, Jeff, your question is great because it really goes to how this package came together, which is members of Congress hearing from you know us in the kind of the industry, but also hearing from their constituents who are the clients, the, the retirement saver. What would make their life better? What would make things work better for them? So, you know, you look at the student loan provision that Tim mentioned. That's something that will materially improve the retirement savings of folks who have student loan debt. And that's a great thing. And the idea didn't come you know, necessarily from the brainchild of a member of Congress, it was from constituents who said, why can't I, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to make this debt payment, but still, you know, get this match? So, you know, it all boils down to how it impacts uh, individuals. And I think that's a good one. Uh, one other I'll mention, Jeff, because it's brand new. There was one brand new provision in this final package. And it's something I think folks are interested to see how it plays out, which is allowing excess 529 money to be contributed to a Roth IRA in the uh, beneficiary uh, for the beneficiary. Um, there's a lot of bells and whistles, a lot of rules that are going to be needed there. But that's a brand new provision, um, one that plan sponsors, you know, might want to start communicating uh, with their participants about if they have kind of 529 options in their plan uh, or kind of generally kind of financial wellness programs for their employees as they work to save. The other thing I'll mention, you know, there's a lot of things that won't get mentioned. And I think those are the things that get Spark members excited. You know, things that allow for unenrolled participants to no longer get notices, things that make it easier for self-certification of hardship. We're having this big winter storm, Jeff, right now, whatever day this is, wherever you are, it's cold, right? And there's a new provision that says, look, if there's an automatic, there's going to be automatic disaster relief. That is something that says you're not going to get subject to that 10% penalty just because Congress hasn't acted to provide you relief in the wake of a natural disaster. If you need to take a unforeseen uh, hardship distribution for a natural to, to make up for um, you know roof off your house, pipes burst, something like that. It's just going to be automatic. People aren't going to see that. They're not going to be a parade about that. But things like that just make the plumbing work better. And that's what gets us excited in, in the record keeping space. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a record keeping nerd. I, we all I'm nerdly. And, and I think a lot of people appreciate that. And I think if you ever interacted with your retirement plan, you're a nerd, too, because you like to understand how things are working. Tim, I want to come back and talk about maybe some questions from the consultants slash plan advisors, another important constituency group within Spark. What are you hearing from them? Actually, uh, Jeff, we're hearing a lot of the same issues that uh, and questions that are coming from the the record keepers. Um, they're very similar in in um, and. And ultimately, we're all responding to the questions coming from plan sponsors, so that's not a big surprise. Um, in fact, we're—I mentioned earlier—we're considering doing an educational event um, sometime early next year, specifically for consultants and advisors to walk them through the bill and all the changes and allow uh, us to answer some of those questions. But it's not a big surprise, I don't think, that to hear one of the one of the main issues that a lot of the the consultant community have. Uh, is around this whole uh, CITs for 403Bs. Um, I know a lot of them are disappointed. Uh, we've made progress because it always required it always required two legislative fixes. Uh, we got one done, so that, you know we've advanced the ball, um, and now we'll have to get the other one done. So I think 
you know, that's that's it's not a big surprise that that's been one of the big issues for, that we're hearing from a lot of the consultant community. But like I said, we we hope to have um, a workshop uh, for their benefit sometime early next year. Yeah, let me uh, come back to you, Tim. And and uh, Spark's always been great. We'll kind of close it out this way. I'll get your yours and Chris's thoughts about this. Spark has always been great about communication. And I can look back to the data sharing uh, principles that you laid out as a group when the new 4B regs came out back in 2000 or were effective in 2009. You've always done a great job of educating. You talked about some of these sessions, but um, let's talk a little bit about assisting members and, and, and why it's important to be a Spark member uh, here, uh, Tim. Um, what can they expect? You mentioned some of these sessions, but let, let's talk a little bit more in detail about what potentially webinars, uh, in-person meetings, workshops, etc. Well, I, I appreciate the, I, I appreciate that, uh, Jeff. And we are working on uh, a lot of those checklists and uh, uh, a lot of those charts. Uh, Chris and his team at Davis and Harmon are, are 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 leading the way on that and are reading through the 92 provisions, comparing them to existing law and regulations, and then we'll put out a summary uh, once they are completed. Uh, in the past, we've done that this through through a charts and through other uh, other materials, um, and we'll do the same thing. Our members find them extremely useful um, as a basis for communicating these out. So, uh, but like I said, it'll probably take us mid to late January before all of that sort of comes together. Yeah, well, that's to be expected. Chris, I want to give you the last thought here, last word. Um, you, you're the, the you and your team do a lot of comparisons, put charts together. Your thoughts about helping Spark members and what's what it's going to take to outline these 92 provisions and their meaning to the retirement industry. Yeah, I mean, I, I think time, right? It's going to take time, and and I think actually it, it's going to take record keeping needs nerds to ask good questions, right? That's how you kind of fully understand how each of the provisions works. Is everyone works them. It's a great project. We love that. Um, you know, the fact that this is two years on the heels of Secure 1.0 is just phenomenal. It's going to be a while probably before the next bipartisan retirement package like this. The champions who got it across the finish line, some of them are leaving or having their roles changed. So, you know, Chairman Neal did tremendous. Chair Murray, amazing from the health committee. These are people who really, you know, prioritize this, plan, focus, execute. They, they had a plan and they got it done. And, you know, we're just excited, actually, about the work to come next year, because that means we're going to make it easier for folks to save for retirement. That's what Spark members get up every day to do. And we're really excited to have some new tools in our tool chest next year. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, it's great to see you. I want to say on behalf of our audience and, and the people watching, really appreciate the work that you all are doing. And we look forward to chatting with you throughout 2023 as some of these changes take effect and some of the planning goes into implementation Wishing you a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you, Jeff. Happy holidays. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Weekly. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the news in retirement, markets, technology, personal finance, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website, and of course, all of our streaming partners. Well, we won't be back tomorrow for BRN Sunday. Of course, it's the Christmas holiday. So we wish everyone a wonderful holiday. And we won't be back on Monday either because the New York Stock Exchange is closed. 
But we will be back on Tuesday with another great edition of BRNAM. So have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you very soon. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Tax audits, tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare, and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom, and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The tax relief line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free. 